Good morning and welcome to episode 29 of Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is an extension of the Beating Around the Bush column that appears weekly in the Carol Newsletter and are simply my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Episode 29 and uh, entitled Today, a Story Time, Basketball and a Preview of a lot of things that are going to be going on in the next uh, two or three months. But, you know, no need to worry. There's going to be a lot going on when you think about it, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And uh, it's been an exciting morning around here on the farm. As uh, I just now get set down here at uh, 1225 to uh, record this broadcast or podcast, and I usually do it sometimes in the morning. Been doing it sometimes on Tuesday, just depending on kind of what's going on here and there and everywhere, if you want to put it that way. But uh, this morning, uh, it's been an exciting morning. Woke up this morning to uh, what is essentially our, we've had two brand new baby lambs that were born this morning to two of the ewes, that's sheep. And we had nine puppies born this morning to Bella, one of our great Pyrenees, Anatolian mix. Uh, unfortunately, one of those did not make it through the morning. When you have that many uh, puppies, uh, that's kind of expected in a way and not that surprising. Uh, still bothers me when it happens, but uh, eight robust puppies right now. Just checked on them a little while ago. Uh, they're out there nursing on their mama, have them out in the barn. And uh, uh, right now, counting in the last uh, 10 days or last two weeks, because the days kind of run together a little bit, but uh, there's still two baby goats that are here. Actually, we've had four since the first of the year. We had two last week. Uh, or we had a triplets last week, I'm sorry, on, on Wednesday, and we've already sold one of those, so there's still two of them out there. We actually woke up the next day to three baby chicks, so we've got more chickens to add to the ones we already have, and we've had a total of six lambs. One of those didn't make it, so uh, we still got f we, we've got five of those uh, right now, so it's been a little busy. Uh, around here and uh but exciting uh to say the least too but uh, there's a couple things i wanted to do uh this morning on this podcast because i'll be honest with you I, I do this just like i do uh, my column in the newspaper lots of times sometimes i get something on my mind a title in my head or a subject in my head and, and i really don't know what i'm going to say or what i'm going to write as far as the newspaper is concerned, sometimes until I sit down and start typing or sit down and start talking. But I had some ideas. Uh, we, we we took our soap business over, uh, my wife and I did, over to Paris this past Saturday. And it's kind of got me thinking about the first segment uh, today that I'm going to present to you. And But we took our soap over there. They had an event over at the convention center, which is there's that quality inn right before you get to the bridge and you got Gwen shoes on your left, like you're going out toward the lake uh, from Paris. Uh, but it used to be a, a, a Hampton Inn several years ago. And uh, it's now a quality inn and they got a big building in the back and uh, they had a bunch of vendors, you know, they're selling jewelry and women's clothes and 
uh, woodworking and some art and that kind of stuff. We had our soaps over there. Uh, but a lady came up and started talking to us. And that's the great thing about these events. You get to talk to, you get to talk to a lot of people, you get to meet a lot of people you didn't know. This lady had moved to Big Sandy from uh, Illinois, I think, where she said she was living, or New York. I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. But she moved from up north uh, to Big Sandy. But she told me she was originally from McKenzie. Well, that got a conversation st uh, started and gave me an idea of some things that we could talk about uh, this morning. And we may have a whole segment. Uh, and I get time to write some stuff down. Uh, because there's, there's going to be some times where you really don't have a lot of sports going on, and there's just times you just want to do a podcast and talk about things. Uh, a lot of people have told me that's uh, something that I'm very capable of doing is talking. Uh, not the quality of it, maybe, necessarily at times, uh, but uh, I, I've been known to speak my piece. But anyway, I had someone tell me the other day, you always spoke your mind. Uh, I don't know if it's a compliment or, or an insult. But anyway, uh, this lady... Uh, Said she was living in Big Sandy, but she was originally from McKenzie, moved away like 40 years ago or something like that. But uh, what I said to her, I said, man, you really, you're, you're really a messed up person, aren't you? You're from McKenzie and you live in Big Sandy. So think about that combination. And uh, us from Huntington would, would snicker at that. And uh, well, a lot of other people would too. I mean, I mean all that in a good, a good, th a good way. You know, it's, I'm not trying to be uh, derogatory toward either one of those communities, but it was a joke. And uh, she kind of laughed at it. And she said, yeah, she said, uh, uh, first thing that came out of her mind when I said that or out of her mouth was, oh yeah, big rivals. So, you know, although she'd been gone like 40 years, uh, she still remembers the rivalry. And, and that kind of got me thinking about story time because what she, uh, uh, she said was that she graduated in 1974. Well, guess what? I graduated in 1974. So we were, we were the same age. I don't know when her birthday is, but I'll be 66 on my birthday in June. By the way, I am uh, just booked it last night, but I'm going to be in Scotland on June the 7th, which is my birthday. So no sense sending cards and all the stuff to the house like I know you're probably going to do anyway. So you can just save that till I get back which would be on the 14th of June. But anyway, uh, I'm excited about that, as you can tell. But first thing she said was, oh, yeah, the rivalry. And then we talked about the 1973 football game between Huntington and McKenzie at McKenzie. A game I'll never forget because she said, uh, as we were talking about this, she said, you know, we never beat y'all much back in those days. And no, you didn't. But I had to be standing over on the other sideline to one of the teams that got beat uh, by you guys. And it was really interesting at that point in time. Of course, that's changed a little bit over the years, the last several years. You know, last couple of years, McKenzie's had a real good football team. You know, made a state uh, championship game last year, and I fully expect for them to do the same thing again. Uh, this coming football season, 2022. But uh, we, we discussed uh, that football game. And McKenzie, prior to 1973, they won in 1973, as we're going to talk about here in a minute. But they won in 1953, 1963, and then in 1973. So you're talking about a 30-year period where McKenzie won three times against Huntington. So, you know, it was a big deal. Uh, for McKenzie 
to beat Huntington. You know, two uh, communities 11 miles apart. And somebody told me one time it's closer than it used to be. Uh, it used to be always, there used to be a sign on your way to McKenzie, uh, right outside of Huntington, said McKenzie 11 miles. Somebody said when they built a four lane, they cut some of the hills down, it's closer than it used to be. Well, <laughs> yes, I want you to think about that one for a while, okay? Uh, just, I don't, I, I didn't, I, I kind of snickered under my breath when this person told me that, but it's, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you decide how you, how you want to uh, look at that. But anyway, uh, back in 1973, uh, we ended up my senior year at five and five. So, you know, basically, you know, we were decent, but we weren't great. And McKenzie had a kid named Terry Bateman. He's a legend in McKenzie. Very good football player. He was their quarterback and the guy recruited by some major colleges. I don't think he ever uh, played football at the next level. I could be wrong about that. It might have been a smaller one. But anyway, McKenzie people would know that better than I would. But uh, Terry Bateman was a heck of a quarterback. McKenzie that year ended up with a 9 and 1 record. The only game they lost was to Lexington. I think it was their last game of the season. And they lost it by one point. That was the only game they lost that year. Of course, that was back uh, before the playoffs as they are now. And you still had uh, bowl games and that kind of stuff. We did go to bowl game my junior year, played uh, Brownsville up in Union City at the Civitan Bowl. That was a long, long time ago. But, and, and I, you know, I might get some details wrong in this story because like I just said, that was 1973 when we played that football game, graduated in 74, but 1973 would have been right at 49 years ago. Uh, this fall when, when you, when you get to football season, but so it's really 48 and a half at this point, but McKenzie actually pretty much dominated us for the first, uh, two quarters and our first three quarters and five minutes into the fourth with seven minutes plus something in that neighborhood. And, and I, again, I may be wrong a little bit on that, but it was right around seven minutes left to go in the game. McKenzie led Huntington 20 to zero. We're going, we're, we're going down, you know, we're going to lose You're down three scores uh, with seven minutes left in the game. Well, I can remember this. I, I think this is what happened first. It was Stanley Skates blocked a punt. And uh, Stanley was a sophomore at the time. Uh, Stanley blocked a punt, and I believe he picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown, made it 20-7. to seven. And then we scored again. And then we scored one more time. And I forget what the details were leading up to those uh, final two scores. Uh, but nonetheless, with... 36 seconds, and I believe that's what was left in the game, something to that effect. It was less than a minute for sure. We kicked the extra point after our last touchdown, made all three of them. Mark Dillahunty uh, was the PAT guy at the time and played quarterback also, but he made all three extra points. We were up 21 to 20. 21 to 20 with 30-something seconds left in the football game. We kicked off, did a little squib kick, didn't want to kick it deep, so take away the chance of a return for a touchdown. So we squibbed it somewhere around between the 30 and 40-yard line of McKenzie. They immediately downed the football, went to one knee to stop the clock. 
and Bateman drops back to pass, throws a long pass down the right seam, down the right uh, hash marks, and they called pass interference on Mark Marshall. And there's been lots of discussion over the years where actually that was pass interference or not. Of course, you have those calls in every game, it seems like. But they did call a pass interference. Uh, gave McKenzie a first down. but And there may have been another play transpire in there, but that's the only two I remember. It was the kickoff, and I remember the pass interference call, but it gave McKenzie a chance. And you look back, and I've seen some details on this, and it's wrong. Uh, somebody said it was a 51-yard field goal, but it was actually – uh, 36-yard field goal, because I think I have researched this before for something. 36-yard field goal, no time on the clock. Terry Bateman makes the field goal to beat Hayden 23-21. And it was a wild scene after that football game. And, and me and this lady from Big Sandy don't even know her name. Never did get her name. If she did give me her name, when, when you're as old as I am, you forget it in five seconds. But it was kind of fun, you know, and that's what, when you think about it, that's that's a big thing about sports, isn't it? Uh, that over the years, you have these stories, and those stories uh, sometimes get bigger. You know, I, I talk about this, uh, you, you hear people talk about this a lot, where a guy catches a fish, and it weighs a pound. 20 years later, that fish that he caught weighs 20 pounds. Stories get bigger. Uh, remember talking to somebody one time, and I'm not going to mention any names, said they lead, led the state in, in rushing uh, in their first game of the season. And, you know, uh don't know if that's true or not. But over the years, those stories get bigger. They get better. You know, people forget. People don't really know. Uh, you can tell a – I could tell a younger kid right now that – Back when I was in high school, I caught five passes in one game. Well, we didn't throw probably five times in the whole season. So uh, that would have been hard for me to catch five passes. But And, and they might believe it because they don't know. You know, they wasn't they wasn't around 49 years ago. I was, they wasn't. But, you know, it's kind of – but it's fun uh, to stand around after all these years and uh, talk about those kind of games. I remember a few years ago, since we're uh, doing story time, a few years ago, Huntington had a uh, meet the Mustangs thing for baseball. They actually, at the time, asked me to MC it. And I kind of MC'd it a little bit. And, you know, they had a, a old-timers segment where old-timers get out there and swing a bat and uh, out of Eubanks to throw to them. And, you know, that was kind of fun. I actually participated in that. And uh, But there was – I wrote an article trying to promote that, kind of build it up a little bit prior to that. And I mentioned in that article what my batting average was my senior year in, in baseball. And it been long ago. I saw one of those memories on Facebook, and, and Benny Roberts actually uh, responded to that, and he said, well, you was on base more than this. And I'll get to that, what actually my batting average was in a minute, because I was always either his pinch runner or uh, I went in and played defense my senior year for him or Randy Cruz, and I played in every game. Uh, but I always, I was a defensive specialist, so I didn't get to bat much. But uh, I, I put in put in my column to boost that or, or uh, promote that 
uh, blue and gold must meet the Mustangs day for baseball uh, by mentioning that my batting average my senior year was 667. And it was. My batting average my senior year, high school baseball, was 667. Well, Allen Eubanks asked me, or she's the head baseball coach, and, and probably the best uh, best overall coach or close to it that I've ever been around. But uh, I said, yeah, I hit 667. Really? I said, yeah, I was two for three. Do the math, folks. I can do percentages. Not very good, but I can do that one. 667. You round it off. It's actually 666. Uh, But we won't use those numbers. Uh, But it was 667. That's what I hit my senior year in baseball. I was two for three. Now, Benny was right. I did bat more than that. I had a few walks. uh, Reached on an arrow one time, I think, or something like that. But official at bats. I had three official at-bats, and I had two hits. And one of those hits is one that I'll never forget because we were playing, this is story time, remember. We were playing Atwood over in Atwood. That's back when you had high school at Atwood and you had Tresden. You had two different high schools. But they had... uh, they had this field, and I think it's part of it's kind of still there. If you go, you're going through Atwood, you'll see a sign that says softball park or something. So it was up on the hill, and I was playing center field some that day. And and the the, the way the field was con- contoured, uh, that I could stand in center field, and all I could see was the top of the batter's head. It went downhill from second base. And that's this is the truth. But I came to bat in that game. We ended up beating uh, Atwood that day. 21 to 1, I think was the final score. But I came up to bat, my only at bat in that game. And I might have had another one where I drew a walk. When you win 21 to 1, you know, you're going to have a lot of walks, trust me. I came up with the bases loaded. Bases loaded. And hit a ringing gapper in the left center field gap. Yes, I did. And it rolled. I got a double out of it, cleared the bases. So I had three RBIs. Uh, but that was one of my big hits. And story time, hey, I'll remember it. You're going to get into more story time. I remember us playing over Tresvent that same year. Tresvent, uh, at the time, and all that's changed over the years, and that's what's interesting because some of the places we played, uh, and I tell people all the time, basketball, for example, some of these gyms that I go in now, Huntington Middle School, it's where we played high school, McKenzie Middle School, played high school there. Uh, Brewston, same gym uh, that we played in when I was in high school. Same gym. The high school still uses it. But uh, some of those fields uh, we played baseball at, you know, pretty much gone. I know Camden, that's the same field over at Camden that we used to play at. Uh, Brewston's changed. Used to play Brewston down at the uh, close to the depot. You could see the depot from uh, Brewston's baseball field. Uh, so it was behind downtown, if you're familiar with the city of Brewston. But we played over at Tresvent. Tresvent's field, uh, it's not there now, not not the same one. Uh, but left field, I don't know, it's probably 340, 320 or something like that, the left field uh, to the gap. And there was no fence. It was gullies. And you were told that if you could hit the ball into the gullies, it was all you could get. As far as, I mean, bases, you know, it wasn't a ground rule double or anything. You hit it in a gully, you keep running. And if you were the left fielder or the center fielder and you went after a gapper, you had to go through the gullies and 
chased the ball down and get it back. That was weird. And right field was really weird because straight down the right field line was a light pole. It was like 190 feet to that light pole. So that was, uh, that was interesting. But that's enough for story time because, uh, and, and I'm going to do, do a whole podcast on that one of these days because there's lots of stories uh, that I can tell. If you know any stories uh, you would like to hear about or, or you're wondering about some of these things in the past, I know some of them. Uh, but uh, today we're going to move on uh, because I uh, kind of want to preview softball and baseball a little bit. They officially do not start until next week. Uh, I know the boys, the Huntington Mustangs, uh, play, I think it's in Gibson County on Monday, and they play Tuesday there too, and then I think they, uh, I'm not sure, I don't have a schedule in front of me right now, but uh, as as always, uh, uh, Coach Eubanks has got a, a pretty solid schedule, and they'll play until the 1st of May, and then we'll have district tournaments and all that kind of stuff. Of course, it's going to be different uh, for baseball. And softball, uh, much like basketball was this year, because you're going to step up in classification, but I really don't think it'll affect uh, the basketball, I mean, the baseball and softball teams as much as it did uh, basketball. And because pretty much the schedules, in a sense, are not going to be that much different from what they were in the past. Uh, you won't see Clarksburg on our schedule. Uh, I think we might play Brewston in baseball. I know we played McKenzie at least one time. Uh, but there will be no West Carroll. Uh so, you know, that old, no Big Sandy. So all that old traditional District 13A we used to play in all the time, it's, it's gone away, uh, much like you did in basketball. So uh, you won't have that. I, ex- I expect the boys to be pretty good. I, I don't really know why I say that. Uh, you know, they made it to the first round of the region last year, losing to Summertown. And I expect them to get that far again this year. I really do. But, you know, they're going to be in a different district. They're going to be in – and I th- it's a little different than basketball because I think Camden is also in there with us as far as baseball is concerned, along with Westview, Milan, uh, maybe Union City, and Gibson County. I'm not totally sure. Uh, I've looked at that before, but I forget. Uh, so it'll be the same way for softball. But we, we play all those teams all the time anyway. I, we, I think last year we played Westview three times anyway. So, you know, it's not going to be that much different. I know we played Milan twice. So, uh you know, all that starts Monday, but, you know, uh, Coach Eubanks has got, you know, quite a few players coming back from last year. Right? As always, pitching, I think, is going to be the key. It always is. I don't care what level of baseball you are. If you got somebody on the bump that's pretty good, and you got three or four of them that's pretty good, uh, if you got six or seven that's pretty good, you've you got a good chance to win a state championship. Uh, but uh, maybe on a future podcast, I'll give you a little better idea after watching play a couple times. I did go to a blue and gold thing the other day uh, for the softball. And uh, I think the girls are going to be pretty good, too. They've got everybody coming back from last year. And, uh, you know, they got some solid, solid uh, players or whole infield back. Uh, I expect uh, the big star of that team, uh, to be honest with you, I think it'll be Shelby Childress. Uh, she's being looked at by some. Um, Colleges at the next level, some mid-level colleges, and uh, I think there's even been one D1 school maybe look at her. But I've, what I've been told is she she may just want to play a smaller college and you know have a good time, and I I agree with that. So 
that's going to be interesting. But it's going to be busy this spring. If you want to call it spring, it was 70 degrees yesterday and it's 46 today as I speak. Been raining all night. Thought we, I thought I was going to have to get out and finish my arc. Uh, but it finally quit long enough to not have to worry about that. But, you know, like the other day when I left the blue and gold game, I went straight from there. I went to a middle school soccer. Now, somebody asked me, oh, I sure was glad to see you there taking pictures and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to make as much of this stuff. The Huntington boys uh, start their soccer season next week. So you got soccer, middle school, high school. You got softball, you got baseball, you got track and field, all happening at one time, and middle school baseball. So you got six sports happening at once. There is one of me, and I know a lot of you out there going, thank goodness there's only one of you. But there is. There's still only one of me, and I can't clone myself. I can't be but one place at a time. And when you're in the newspaper business, you're going to go to the one that's going to sell more newspapers. You're going to go to the one that people want to hear more about. And that's not a knock against the other sports. But, and the way the newspaper business works, a lot of people don't understand it. They're not going to print pages if they don't have the advertising money to print those pages. So you can turn in five pages of sports, but if they only have enough advertising for three pages of sports, something's going to get left out. So I, I can't go everywhere at once. Would love to be able to do that. And I will try my best to get around uh, to all of these different places. And how, how it works, I don't know. But I will effort to do my best. I can promise you that. But in the time we have left, I wanted to cover one other thing. As uh, basketball is over as far as Hanging is concerned. But man, what an exciting year for West Tennessee basketball. And when you look at it, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but look how much the four classifications are actually helping some of the teams in our area because we're sending more teams in our area to the state tournament. Uh, girls basketball starts tomorrow, state tournament does. That, but there's more teams going to the state tournament this year from our area than I think there probably ever has been. When you look at... Uh, Girls basketball, like I said, it starts tomorrow, but some of the, I think uh, 1A don't start till Thursday. But anyway, it, it don't matter when they start. Uh, but Dresden, team that we beat twice this year, is playing Van Buren. I know that's Thursday. Wayne County, that's not from our area, so to speak. But last year we had, uh, we had, we beat Wayne County in the first round of the region. So that's something that you got to tie to. And then Gleason, who we played twice this year, uh, plays Clay County. McKenzie, who we played twice uh, this year, plays North Green. That's in 1A. That's girls basketball. So you got three teams uh, that used to be in the same district as us at one point in time are playing in the state tournament. Three teams uh, also are from Weekly County. Or, well, McKenzie's in Carroll County, but parts of McKenzie are in Weekly County, believe that or not. So you got three teams there within a few miles of each other. When it comes right down to it, they're going to play in the state tournament. Then when you look at 2A, Scotts Hill, uh, it's not that far away. And then uh, from Hayden's standpoint, in their district this year, there are two of the teams, and Hayden came within six points of an upset last week 
in the regional tournament against Westview, but two teams out of our district are playing in the state tournament. Gibson County playing York Institute and Riverside, another team that's pretty much in our area, are playing Westview. And then Southside and Dyer County in 3A, and then Boys Sectional tonight. You got Southside and Northside uh, playing in a sectional in 3A. So if they win any of these sectional games that I'm going to mention, they go to the state tournament. West Curl plays at Santa Fe. I thought that was in New Mexico. But it's going to be a long, long bus ride for the War Eagles. But if they win, they go to the state tournament for the second time in a row, for the second year in a row. Gibson County, team in our, our, our district, boys, play at Summertown. Richland plays at McKenzie. Boys, McKenzie wins that game. They'll have girls and boys in state tournament. Milan, who we played fairly, or was competitive against in two games in our, our district, play at home against Fairview, win to go to state tournament. And then Trenton and Middleton both uh, have sectional games tonight. And they're Middleton, you know, almost in Alabama, but we have been in our district before in football. So there's a lot of teams that we're familiar with that's going to be uh, at the state tournament or have an opportunity tonight as far as the boys are concerned to play in the state tournament. So pretty interesting. And uh, in the meantime, tonight, I'm going to go by and get a ribeye sandwich or something at the soccer meet the Mustangs. And then just a few days off. And then we're going to hit the baseball and softball field starting next Monday. So just keep all that in mind. So that's enough of my ramblings for the day. We'll be back with some more useless information uh, next week.